welcome to pcouncil.live, a legal technology and transformation podcast. My name is Afshan Sayyad and I'm your host for today. I'm joined by Mr. Zameer Nathani, a very well-known and prominent counsel today, an alumni of Harvard Business School, NMIMS, Stanford, London Business School. He has a diverse experience across multiple industries, including technology, e-commerce, media and entertainment, and now OTT platforms as well. He's a recipient of numerous prestigious awards, including General Counsel of the Year from Indian National Bar Association. You've done pretty much everything, Zameer. Uh, you're immensely knowledgeable and passionate about technology and innovation, about the legal industry as well. And we are delighted to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. The confinement that we went through in the past year and a half uh, still seems to affect us must have been a challenge in itself. I know it sounds cliche to talk about the situation, but it has had such an impact on everyone that it has become a new how are you, right? Like instead of asking someone how they are doing today, these days uh, we ask how has the year been and how has it changed the dynamics for them? So we would want to understand how has it changed things for you? How, have you noticed any circumstantial change in the workload for legal teams? in the current climate in the past year? Uh, so, you know, hi everyone once again. And uh, so for me, virtual world was uh, always a passion because I started as a technology lawyer and then went ahead to work for companies where technology was more at the prime. And of course the entertainment space and then Raymond and uh, now again back to entertainment. Uh, but technology. Uh, the virtual world was always very important because, you know, I, it always reduces the uh, gap between your systems, your physical distance, your physical meetings. Uh, I found the virtual world to be more adaptive uh, in this pandemic situation right. where if you have appeared before a Supreme Court or where you have spoken to government sitting here in your uh, home, I think that that itself speaks for it that you know things can operate in a virtual environment number one number two from a work standpoint i think we have our team meeting every day on uh, teams on zoom etc uh, i feel when you sit across with the team you are able to close things more faster so the virtual world turns out to be more productive in terms of the efficiency and the time and I think we should adopt that as much as possible uh, whether uh, during post-pandemic period also because it really makes a difference uh, than the emails and the physical meetings we have uh, prior to pandemic. Right, uh, but do you think the remote operations have at all uh, impacted the overall KPIs and the performance? Uh, I feel it has enhanced performance because uh, uh, from a perspective of prior to pandemic and right now, what's happening is that that you know we are in these meetings and the see we we measure the teams on two three criteria, right? Number one is the efficiency of the work. Number two is the timeline within which you turn around for that work. I am seeing a much different uh, approach right now because what happens is that when you are in a virtual environment your briefing is complete uh, what you require. Therefore, you completely then concentrate on the overall work which is expected by the teams on from the legal. 
and once that is there the output also which you give is nearly 99% complete one person subject to negotiations etc and then the uh, subject is closed so i feel the efficiency the efficacy and the turnaround time has definitely improved a lot because there is a interconnectivity between the teams and more clarity in the virtual world um one of the things that uh, that is important for optimum performance is collaboration as we all know we all need to collaborate to get better results while working virtually are business and legal teams able to collaborate remotely you think yeah for me in terms of my company and many other feedback which i've seen i think the teams are collaboratingly uh, collaborating fantastically i think what's happening is that like for example uh, of yesterday's call where we were evaluating some licensing of music and what happened is the business the business person and the legal team both were in the call we knew what was expected and what we want from the licensor the agreement was not in sync with that and we could literally point out that so that we could go back to the licensor asking the clarification if it is not there we move on to look out for another vendor that is the pace at which we are working instead of exchanging about 10 emails it's about 30 minutes of a four, uh, of a zoom call which completely is able to give briefing to the business team making clear on what is required under the contract and whether it is there or not there and your decision making has happened so it's about 30 to 45 minutes in the decision making time instead of spending 48 hours now wow, that's changed quite substantially yeah. do you think chats and emails and zoom meetings and teams is that enough for collaborating these days with with legal teams or are there any tools that we can use for collaborating so today when you see zoom today you see teams google meet etc whatever and cisco webex etc whatever is available these are your communication tools what's happening is that it's your physical meeting which is now converted into virtual right. and where, where you have a good bandwidth support and therefore you are able to collaborate and engage with them virtually instead of physical number 2 what's happening is that you're getting more clarity in terms of that while being on the call and therefore this particular tool is really helping on the communications now when you see the other tools which are your contract management your litigation management life cycle for example i think these tools are stage 2 where if we are adopting to virtual environment i think the next step would should be that you adopt to the contract management litigation management ipr management tools so that then you are able to work in a virtual environment another plus point which i have got in my company is that because my promoter is a technocrat uh, we really created a microsoft use microsoft teams to create a virtual office itself so we have a teams operational uh, website where it's a platform where you can store documents you can have teams meeting so it's a virtual office which is really created so i don't require any physical office anymore because all my records everything is in the most secure environment there so we created like a virtual office which means that if your virtual communication system is in place if your virtual office is in place then you should now have your virtual other softwares like contract management litigation management ipr management 
so that you create that life cycle and then your company is working on systems and processes rather than individuals so it's it's making your environment of working in terms of synergies between the team as well as the working efficiency it's really increasing the efficacy and reducing the timeline that's that's what i want to submit right you have a valid point there collaboration without system is a challenge and we see that when it comes to contract execution today it has been more electronic than ever virtual office sounds like a fantastic idea for legal work as well and for example contracts also have benefited due to virtual office uh, in your opinion how significant has technology's role in changing the ecosystem of contract execution been uh you know we we have been preaching about e contracts for more than 10 years and you know technology always benefits uh, cuts your timeline increases your efficiency because the productivity of the lawyer is on the intellectual inputs rest any other administrative things if technology can reduce that is a boon to a lawyer because it saves a lot of time and the lawyer is able to focus on the more productive things which is his intellect output in that particular contract legal notice litigation ipr etc so technology and e contracts uh, should be adopted as fast as possible uh, e signatures have been there we have information technology act which recognizes your e signature e contracts are valid i think companies should try maximum right now as a target to reach around 80 to 90% e contracts Uh, within next period of 12 months to 24 months that's the target which they should take up number 1 number 2 the obvious concerns which we were doing because we have been doing this for a long time is that whether courts will really recognize the information technology law and the compliances which are required if you go with this e contract to the courts of law whether it will be enforced or not enforced whether there is a technicality involved i think there should be a good clarification and court judgments where it should say that e contracts are purely valid uh, like the state of united states where you have you can sign a scan copy and that's exactly valid uh, court should come out with those simple clarity saying that you know e contracts are perfectly valid you don't have to go to any hassles stamp duty payment etc can also be done streamlined and done online so that the contracts are in compliance and we should give that confidence so that people adopt around 80 to 90% e contracts within a period of 12 months to 24 months this we should take up as a national project to get this executed it not only saves time it is increasing efficiency it also gives a good uh, amount of reputation to the jurisdiction when you do that correct uh, we have also seen a rise of click wrap agreements and what what is your take on click wrap agreements so see click wrap agreements have been there from right from the year 2000 where you had usa.net where you had hotmail by sabir bhatia and then microsoft took over that etc we had click wrap agreements we had those jurisdiction of us which used to govern these contracts and then gradually in between 2000 to 2006 in india also we saw that click wrap agreements are increasing we are always accustomed to putting a checkbox marks saying that the terms and conditions privacy policy cookie policy and copyright notice is accepted when we are opening an account in any email or anything 
DocuSign also makes you sign this checkbox. So click wrap agreements have always been there. I think one should, if it's a standard dealing of goods and services, we should have click wrap, uh, click wrap agreements, which should be imbibed in the contract. And there should be an assurance from the lawyers of the company that this is perfectly legal and valid if something goes wrong. So that's the confidence building exercise we should have. And I think we should promote such things because it also increases efficiency, efficacy and reduces your timeline instead of getting into and spending administrative time for such non-productive works of printing, stationery, etc., etc. Uh, Zameer, while it sounds that technology is actually helping legal teams, there are tangible benefits to be seen. So in your opinion, what are the main reasons for the slow adoption of legal technology? Any hindrances to the adoption of legal technology? I think out of this 20 years, what I really saw in adoption of technology, like for example, I was heading legal automation project in Reliance, where we wanted to digitize the legal department of the whole Reliance group itself. Uh, so the first thing we, we faced is that it's the training portion of it, that you know, how, why need to train people? The training has to be very composite because the feedback I will get is that if we spend time in training, where how do I spend time in my productive work of doing my legal assignments? Uh, so training is one of the things which comes back, number one. Number two is the mindset of adopting to the technology. This I'm saying from an interaction from all the big honkos uh, in the system during my days of promoting technology in my company, where we said that, you know, whether this, uh, whether this company will be fit for adoption of this technology, whether uh, the purpose will be served, what's the output I get from it, uh, what's the benefit of that output which I get from it, all right? Like for example, when I evaluate a litigation, like in my previous company, we were evaluating that, you know, if I use a litigation management software uh, and litigation management tool, I'll be getting a graph of the ratio of the litigation which are rising in the company. For example, when it comes to Raymond's, uh, the consumer litigations are rising. So then I'll be able to go to the root cause of that problem that is there something which is hitting the system and therefore my cases are increasing. Is there anything like there were two, three points which we were addressing while the litigations were going up. We said those things right and the litigations uh, were, were balanced at that point of time because we strategize our litigation. All right. Now, first is the training issue. Second is the productivity part of it. What will be the purpose of putting this tool and what is the outcome of this tool and how this outcome will be useful to me in terms of the cost benefit. Uh, this is what I have seen. I always feel that the tools are good from a perspective. Number one, it's a dashboard for a general counsel so that I'm able to see what's there in my plate. Number two, I'm able to then evaluate what things are going up and down. Like if my contract work is going uh, to a humorous numbers and if my turnaround time is increasing humongously, which means I need to recruit somebody in that place. If my X litigation is going up and my Y litigation is going down, then I'm seeing some difference which is happening because in some states there might be certain, uh, you know, strategy issue, etc. So this is one of the important things which the tools give you as a general counsel to evaluate. One, it's a ready-made dashboard. 
Number two, if you go deeper and if it then gives you the cost benefit, then you are able to convince your management that, you know, I will fulfill the training part of it. This is a purposeful and productive tool and this is the outcome which will benefit me and it would help me in a certain way to reduce my cost or strategize my cases or my assignments in a more better manner is the overall 360 degree things which come up for discussion when the issues of new tool putting in your system are discussed internally in the management. Uh, Zameer, if you don't mind, could you elaborate on the cost benefit you mentioned? Because this is a major bottleneck for legal teams to provide the ROI of technology to business leaders. Are there ways by which legal teams can overcome this issue? Uh, so I saw about three tools, maybe uh, two well-known tools and uh, uh, some other tools which I've seen. Uh, some tools are very costly. Some tools are now becoming subscription-based. Some tools give you some testing period of about three months or something to evaluate whether it's there in the system. Uh, the cost-benefit discussion starts, number one, from the pricing of the tool. Because when you put across to a management for approval, the question is that what's the benefit of this tool is going to be? Is it an administrative tool? Then, you know, then the comparison would start with uh, either an Excel or an access point, or are you maintaining a strategic document where it can help you, or is there any tool available on the internet? That's number one. Number two, when you see real cost benefit, and I've seen this myself, you are able to pinpoint that there are certain legal cases which are consistently happening, all right? So this tool is also able to give you some positions. I'll give you a small example. In Raymond's, the biggest problem we were facing is that people are using the big board of Raymond. When you go to a Raymond showroom to buy clothes, you find a big board of Raymond. All right. Now that big board on the shop is only permitted if you are the Raymond shop, you are only selling Raymond. If you are a dealer of the company, then you are supposed to put a small board like Raymond, CRM, other brands, what you see. You can't put that big board. Now the problem on the business side was that the dealer would say that, you know, when people see the board of Raymond, they enter the shop. But then there was an option that they could buy my competitor brand also. So they need to adhere to my branding uh, status. This was not happening in many cases. So what the next step which was taken is to go to the court to take a stay order. We were unable to get stay orders for six months or something. Uh, and we thought something is wrong in the strategy part of it because I think we are not doing something right. Uh, cases were there when I entered the system, cases were there from last two years, etc. Uh, we had not got any single order. Now, if you don't get that order, then the word goes out in the market that, you know, your case may be filed against you, but, you know, nothing would happen, etc. Those types of discussions happen. We went to the court on certain ground to take a stay order. We not only got the stay order, but the judge also gave us a compensation of 5 lakhs to be paid by the other side. We got some three or four orders in that. And you can imagine if the Raymond shop, the Raymond is a very old company. So you have about 3,500, 5,000 5, dealers, etc. 
we got just three orders and we could put things in place. Now, what we did is that we evaluated that something, these cases are, we are just filing cases, but outcome is not coming up. The, the hearings are happening, whether we are strategizing those hearings, whether people are appearing for those hearings, whether matters are lying for two years. So those kinds of evaluation and feedback you need to have when you have a tool in place and you really get to the bottom of it. Now, we went to the bottom of this because we got, we got through all these outputs and we were able to show that, you know, when we use such things, there are certain indications you get where you are able to gauge the situation, take certain actions. And today, in your case, if you're getting 5 lakh rupees, and if you filed about 500 cases or 100 cases, see the amount of compensation which the company would have gathered. So it would actually, you know, cost benefit will be that you would repay the cost of the tool by just because you have strategized more betterly on your litigation part and such other tools in this way. So that's what I meant by the cost benefit. That's very interesting, Zameer, and quite resourceful too. I guess one thing has become pretty evident in the last 18 months, and that's technology is an enabler for legal and not necessarily a competitor. Most legal professionals realize it too and want to adopt technology. Assuming we overcome the previously discussed bottlenecks and obstacles, how can organizations future-proof the business and legal functions using technology? See, number one is that we should have a program on the, uh, the offices or the companies should have a program on virtual office, where if you see the surveys internationally, it has shown that resource workers like lawyers, etc., they can operate completely in a virtual environment. So number one, we should have a program on virtual environment office for the legal teams, number one. Number two, which a virtual office, you also need to give them tools. Like for example, today when I sit in my work environment, I've got all the resources to work upon. Uh, I can print documents, I can scan, I can do everything because it's an office set up in the house. So one is working in a virtual environment, you need to create that virtual space, number one. Number two, you need to adopt two softwares or technology which are secure in environment because you're dealing with confidential information. Number three, most importantly, I think organizations should look at virtualization of the legal teams or legal department is because it is helping a lot on the synergy. The kind of synergy which I've seen in last one and a half year with the business team, sitting on a call, sorting out things, working only once or twice on an agreement, which, which could take about 10 to 15 times because you're negotiating, you're going back to the other party, you're renegotiating, you're coming back, etc. The level of synergy which has increased, this increase is beneficial both to business and legal because you spend your productive time uh, and very efficiently on this so that you have addressed. So that means in the next round, it's a decision making point that, you know, this is where I'm stuck. These are two items I need to decide and then I decide or either move forward or uh, close the deal. So it has increased a lot in synergies. So I think corporate should all across uh, promote a virtual environment for the legal team. And fifth is that 
the document storage, which is the cloud environment we are talking about, Amazon Web Services, etc. I think we need to create that cloud environment also very securely because legal team also is the custodian of the documents which are very confidential and very sensitive information. So number one, all corporates should look at a virtual office environment for the legal team. Number two is that with the virtual environment, you also need to give the tools to the legal team for working in that environment. Number three, it has increased a lot of synergies. I mean, so this company of mine, of course, is superb, excellent from day one. But other companies where I've seen something juggling on the technology part, I think this has increased synergy a lot. This will reduce the internal negotiation time than the external negotiation time. And number four is that with this, you should also have a good cloud and storage facility because of the sensitive and the confidential documents which the legal team is dealing with. But technology is a go-go for the legal team for future, not only for managing the legal assignments, but also for signing e-contracts and appearance before the court on e-courts. I was one of the first persons to write on e-courts e in 2016 which has become a reality today. That's great, Zameer. You actually saw that coming. To be honest, we couldn't agree more. Frankly, this has been a great discussion. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much. It was a very insightful session, Zameer. Thank you very much to everyone once again. Thank you. Thank you. To learn more, join our group Legal Technology and Transformation on LinkedIn. For more episodes, don't forget to check out pcouncil.live. Thank you for listening in. Take care and stay safe.